0: In on the boy. Beat boy beat. Hey, this is Gabriel Menchaca. This week, I want to talk about truth and freedom, remaining with the subject of the sun. Uh, if I can sum everything up into one sentence, it would be this. True freedom is found in Christ. Our main text today is John 8, 31-38. Uh, I want to kind of go through it step by step. And so I want to kind of break it down into different areas to specifically focus on what Jesus was saying to a group of uh, men. In 31, it says this. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you truly are my disciples. Abide means to accept or act in accordance with. So he was saying, if you abide in my word, so if you accept or you act in accordance with what I am saying, you truly are a disciple. So we can understand the true definition of a disciple, someone who accepts and acts in accordance with what Jesus said. So they believed that he spoke as the father taught him. It's some did and some did it. Some believed Jesus and some did not. Jesus said true disciples act in accordance with his word. In verse 32, he says something that uh, I think a lot of us have maybe heard. If you've been in church or if you've gone to a church service, maybe you heard something on on television. You heard something on social media. But there's this scripture in particular. It's John 8:32, and it says this: "And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free." And that's John 8:32. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now we can look at something a little bit even further. Jesus said in John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So we know this, that Jesus himself said he was the way, the truth, and the life. And then also in 32, he also says, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So we have a kind of like a a connection here of truth and freedom. Freedom and truth coupled together, and Jesus himself is at the center of both. I recall the testimony of a man who was in prison. He had a life sentence. I believe it was a couple life sentences, but he was in prison. And upon hearing the gospel, hearing the message of Christ, forgiveness, Uh, uh, knowing who his father is, knowing who he is, uh, forgiveness of sin. He began to read more and he actually came to a place of repentance and came to know Jesus as his Lord and Savior. He said he woke up the next day in the same prison, in the same cell, in the same bed, but he was free. He walked in freedom while in prison. Now, the, the testimony is actually much bigger than that, but I felt that that was so powerful because freedom came while he was still in prison. Now, this, the story of this man in particular goes much further. Uh, he went and became a missionary and was able to do things. He actually was released from prison, uh, which he shouldn't have been allowed to do. But God moved in such a way that he became free but he said his moment of freedom was not when he walked out the prison doors it was when his life was given over to jesus the follow up thought would be that you know that there are many that walk in political and social freedoms but they're bound and enslaved many have finances they have wealth they have the resources to kind of go and do whatever they want but they really still feel bound. They feel trapped. They feel enslaved. And and this is a reality. This is just a truth that you can have everything you think you desire and still feel empty, still feel bound or enslaved to something. Uh, As we go further in verse 33, Jesus, it says, uh, they answered him. They're speaking to Jesus now. The men who Jesus was talking to, and he was saying, you know, act according, according to my word. If you believe, you know, uh, follow this. This is what makes you truly a disciple. And in verse 33, the men, it says, they answered him. We are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free. So in essence what they were asking because their their worldview, their their kind of like construct of what Jesus was talking to them about wasn't really they weren't really able to grasp it. In what way are we enslaved if we are free citizens of countries uh, that have constitutions written to uphold our freedoms? You know, in the United States of America, we have the Constitution that that we live by. You know, as citizens of America, the United States of America, we look at this as as freedoms, you know, that hold. We uphold these freedoms because of this. And, And as an American, it is difficult to grasp an understanding of not having freedom. Freedom is foundational to our worldview. You know, growing up in America, we are taught about freedom and the freedoms we have. We, we can sometimes get spoiled. Uh, we think that stopping at a red light is our freedom being infringed upon. You know, uh, how dare they put a red light you know, it's, it's some of these things that we can become so used to the freedoms that we have that the freedoms we don't have uh, become like something that's a bother to us. And I'm not saying that to say we have a perfect government or even a perfect society or a perfect political climate. There are a lot of unjust things, a lot of issues that we need to take care of. However, what I am saying is that as an American, we don't fully grasp what it means to be enslaved. We walk in freedom. And these men, likewise, had a hard time understanding what Jesus was saying. They considered themselves to be free men already. So here's Jesus saying, "We are," uh, or here's Jesus, and he's saying uh, in verse 32, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And the men respond with basically, we're already free. Like, what do you mean by that? And so Jesus goes further and he answers them. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. And that's John 8, 34. Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. He said, slave. Now, let me, let me emphasize that a little bit because a lot of times we can take the idea of sin and make it minor. We can make it something that's not really a big deal. You know, we're forgiven. A lot of us that have grown up in in the Western world, we understand the message of Christianity, forgiveness, righteousness, uh, grace that that God gives us and we're forgiven of our sins. But the reality was this, that Jesus said we are enslaved. We are a slave to sin. And he didn't say influenced. He didn't say we get dirty from it. Uh, It's bothersome to us. He said we're enslaved to it. We become a slave to sin. And and the further we looked at it, we understand this, that Jesus said you are owned and controlled by a master named sin. When you sin, when you practice sin, that is your master. Paul, one of the writers in the Bible, uh, he, he tells us in Romans 3, 23 through 24, Romans 3, 23 through 24. Paul says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Verse 24, and are justified by his grace as a gift through the the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. But verse 23, let's emphasize that for a little bit. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So he makes a generalization to say that every single one of us sin. And and we can look through some of the the list of sins and, and kind of think about, have we done any of these? You know, whether on purpose or on accident, is there something that we can look at and say, like, man, that might have been in this area. And we learned some of these from the 10 Commandments, you know, where the 10 Commandments were given, and they were, they were uh, commandments from God to say, don't do these things. And, and there's areas of false worship, uh, idolatry, misusing God's name violating the Sabbath, dishonoring parents, murder, adultery, stealing, lying, and coveting. And these are things that, that's. it's a list of like, these, these are what we can look at in our own lives and say, do I have any of those things? Have I done any of those things? And the reality is, is Jesus was saying that when we practice sin, we become a slave to sin. And if we've done any one of those things, we're a slave to that thing. And so the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus actually goes a little bit Further, he takes it to another level. Regarding murder, Jesus said anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. Anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. But anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. That's Matthew 5.22. Jesus says that there's this issue of anger and, and calling people things, names and words that we use. And, and Jesus says there's, there's a danger there. Uh, further, uh, adultery you know, some of this, this is something that uh, we, we must address because a lot of, of people deal with, with adultery, whether in your parents' life or even in your own life. You have to consider the weight of this and how, how big of a deal it was. Jesus said, adultery, anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And that's Matthew 5 28, Jesus said, anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So let's examine that for a little bit. Basically what Jesus was saying, if you look at pornography and there's a lust there, you've committed adultery. The driving force behind pornography is men lustfully desiring women and also Women lustfully desiring men. It's not just the area of, oh, it's only a, a man's issue. Women have this issue as well. So the idea here is Jesus was talking about adultery, that you are committing adultery. When you look at a woman, he says he's talking to the men, when you look at a woman lustfully. Go further. In Galatians five nineteen through 21, the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. And it's, it's this, sexual immorality, impurity debauchery idolatry witchcraft hatred discord jealousy fits of rage selfish ambition that's a big one selfish ambition the desire to do what is best for you i'm gonna get mine i'm gonna do what's good for me dissensions Uh, Factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. We can go a little bit even further because we're talking about sin. We're talking about being enslaved to sin. In James 4.17, he talks about that uh, those who know the good they ought to do and don't do it are sinning. The direct 417 says this who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it sins. Those that know they should be doing something good and they don't do it. They're in sin. This is everything. This is, this is a big deal. True freedom is found in Christ. True freedom is found in Christ. Freedom found in a constitution is the structure for people building social systems to maintain and manage other people. Let me say that again. Freedom found in a constitution is the structure for people building social systems to maintain and manage other people. Consider human civilization has seen the rise and fall of empires and kingdoms that allowed freedoms and enslaved others. Know this, if people can give you freedom, people can take away your freedom. If if your authority comes from what the land says, your authority ends with what the land says. Jesus teaches us something in this. In verse 35, he says, and this is back to John chapter eight, verse 35, the slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. The slave does not have a permanent place. Now, as far as like terminology and language goes, what I want to kind of do is bring it is contextualize it in a contemporary way so that we kind of have like a modern understanding of what Jesus was, was explaining to us. Let me say it like this. Think of a mansion. Okay, in a mansion, it's it's a very big uh, plot of land, a very large facility, uh, multiple rooms, upwards of, let's say, 20 rooms in the household, uh, uh, multiple living rooms, bathrooms, uh, um, powder rooms, um, uh, television rooms, like all the things you could think of in a mansion, uh, swimming pools, this and that, and they have the staff that mans it. And so they have, you know, servers, they have uh, bartenders, they have um, uh, maids, uh, they have uh, maintenance men. They have pool men, all the people that they use to keep the facility running smoothly. And and what Jesus was saying is is that those people, in in two generations, they won't be part of that household. The people that remain part of that household is, is the family, the family that owns that household, the son of the owner. They stay in that house. The grandson, the great-grandson, they run that house. And so the servants, they, they don't stay there. And so what Jesus was saying, the slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So generationally, the son stays. In verse 36, he says this, so if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. So the power is this, that Christ, the son of God, declares freedom True freedom is found in Christ. True freedom is walking in righteousness and peace and joy from the grace given to us to believe, accept, and follow Jesus. True freedom is walking in righteousness and peace and joy from the grace given to us to believe, accept, and follow Jesus. John in his writings he he leaves us with a very descriptive moment in the first chapter of John he he writes this moment he describes it so so well but but it's a moment when he sees Jesus and, and it's uh, chapter 1 verses 29 through 34 and he writes it and I I just the image or the the way it's written paints a picture for me so very clear when we understand the nature of sin and we understand the weight of sin and what it does to us and truly enslaves us. So in chapter one, verses 29 through 34, he says in verse 29, the next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, behold, the lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. In verse 30, this is he of whom I said, after me comes a man who ranks before me, meaning he's, he's more than me because he was before me. I myself did not know him. of God two scriptures I want to leave you with in verse 29 he says the next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said behold the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world and in verse 34 and I have seen and have borne witness that this is the son of God true freedom is found in Christ true freedom is found in Christ